Great. We did it. Did it. <laughs> Welcome to Love is Like a Plant, a podcast all about love and relationships and dating and breakups and everything in between. My name is Elle and I'm the CEO and founder of MEND. We help people who are going through heartbreak. And I'm Sarah May. I'm the host of another podcast called Help Me Be Me, self-help for people who hate self-help and the creator of The Breakup Album. And we are both still in lockdown. Um, so this is another coronavirus uh, special episode where we asked listeners of Love is Like a Plant to send in their questions, and we've done a couple episodes like this, so if this is the first one you're listening to and you like it, you can go back and, uh, and listen to more. Um, and we'll start with the first question. So... My partner dumped me six months ago and brutally cut me out of his life, blocking me everywhere. He has never reached out and jumped into another relationship with someone else straight away. I suspect he may have left me to be with her. I still cry every day, but I feel the isolation has heightened my loneliness and anxiety. Is there anything that can help me get over him in this difficult time? Oof. Ouch. So painful. That is very devastating. I'm very, very sorry. Um, a lot. I mean, there's a lot, a lot to take in. I, that's a very devastating position to be in. Uh, I mean, isolation, I, I feel like, is its own thing to address. I mean, you're, you've probably already thought about this, but like a class zoom classes like it's really 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 important to push yourself to have contact it it's help helpful and just being able to give you a tether to the outside world because when we're in this stage of trauma of like a breakup it's like your brain is only seeing the negative feedback loop and it's really easy to get hopeless you know so i think just first and foremost building a self-care routine that you abide religiously is really, really helpful. Um, so blocking out like everything you're going to do every single day on your calendar, just so you can go on autopilot. It's just helpful to get your, your body moving, get your <clears throat> going through the motions of self-care just because right now you're just in pain. Um, so I think that's just like the first step I would take, including like some sort of physical exercise. Again, I know it's really hard to do this when you're in so much pain, but just going through the motions of being active in your suffering can reduce the amount of damage it does to you when you're in this stage. Um, so that's first things first. Separate from that, I feel like these types of breakups are the most painful because you don't have closure. And feeling groundless like this, it just, it, it can feel like the worst kind of loss because you're not only mourning the loss of the relationship, you're also mourning like the, the injury of what has been done. Like the fact that this person just cut you off also blocked you. And then the betrayal of them being in another relationship. Like there's so many layers to this type of pain. I really, really feel for you. Um, so I would 
I would think about it in your mind very much like you're thinking about, you would think about like a, a tragic death because your body is processing it in a similar way. You know, it's, it's a loss of a person you thought you knew on top of a loss of a relationship that was very positive in your life that you, it sounds like, you know, were really happy in. So, um, I feel for you and know that like this pain is not forever. It's just a lot right now and, and allow yourself to really just process and grieve and move through this pain. Like the best way you know how it's really about allowing yourself to like have enough support and structure while it passes through your body. It's kind of like you, you somewhat have to digest it and just survive that for a while. Um, Elle, what would be your top line advice? Uh, I mean, I think your all of your specific suggestions are are so good, and I just really I feel for this person, and I'm so sorry that they're going through this. I mean, if I do the calculation in my head, this happened basically the end of last year, so like end of 2019, and it sounds like it's been a brutal, you know six months. Um, I mean, the fact that we're going through a pandemic right now, and there's probably a lot that you're dealing with related to that, but you are already going through such a major, uh, you know, grieving process and upheaval in your life because of the breakup. So I'm sure this feels just, um, just like a horrible phase in your life that you wish you could get through faster um and just the circumstances of the breakup are really difficult the fact that you're in isolation now i mean it's it is not an ideal environment to be trying to mend in like that's just the reality of it it's not an ideal environment in general for a lot of people so my top line advice would be that if you're still if you're crying every day and you're really struggling with kind of daily life, just kind of getting yourself up and doing things and connecting to people and taking care of yourself. I would just add to really think about uh, finding support in a therapist or a counselor. Um, the beauty of the time that we're in right now is it's very easy to connect to those people. Um, online. Um, there are a lot of communities for that, apps for that. Um, there are a lot of free resources right now too for people who are struggling with, um, with uh, depression and anxiety and loneliness. So I would definitely um, try to find support because you, you don't need to kind of suffer your way through this alone. Mm -hmm. um, but I think all of the like specific advice you gave is really on point. And if you can do even just like one of those things a day, you're doing great. Yeah. I feel like that what you said, just said is such an important thing to remember, which is like when you feel hopeless and when you feel stuck, it's, that is a key time to pull something from outside of your, your little bubble 
in to help you. Like we don't have to do this alone. We don't always have all the answers. And if we can't solve it on our own, that's just a, that just means you have to seek outside of whatever your immediate, you know, bubble is like a new resource, a new person, a new professional, a new book, something outside of you that is not, doesn't exist in your, your sphere yet. And that is how we move out of where we are. It's always possible. It just, it's like when we're depressed, our brains tell us like, this is reality. This is the future. This is how it's always going to be. And it's not. Don't trust your brain right now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just the last bit of advice I would, I would give is if you're feeling really overwhelmed and anxious and it's preventing you from reaching out for help because you just don't know how to get started. That's completely normal. And a lot of people who are facing difficult situations, uh, especially when they're heartbroken, um, feel that way. So one thing you can do is just reach out to someone that you trust, like a friend or a family member, and ask if they could help you. Um, and I know, uh, I mean, personally, I've done that. There was a period when I was going through a really difficult breakup and I was just overwhelmed by the idea of trying to find uh, a therapist. And so I reached out to my mom and asked if she would help me uh, kind of like look through the list. That was years ago. So things have changed so much since then. And, and I would say that finding therapy or a counselor is, it's much easier now because a lot of it is online. Um, but you can still kind of, you know, enlist someone to help you and be your buddy through that process. Mm -hmm. that so, yeah. Sending you love wherever you are. And um, should we do the blindside question? Yeah, let's do that one. So we have another question from another person that's kind of related how do you cope with a breakup that is completely blindsiding where your partner refuses to talk to you in person or tell you what wasn't working? Um, that is painful. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like um, this happens a lot, actually, just hearing it from menders. And I think one thing you have to remember, it's related to the question that, was just asked where the, the person has been blocked out of their ex's life. Um, the thing you have to remember is that everyone copes with breakups differently. And yeah. for some people, they have to block someone out. And though it may feel completely shocking and sudden to you, it's possible that they had been thinking about it for a while. And of course, you know, they have the benefit of that extra time to process and you don't, and that's the difficult thing about the situation. Um, but I think as difficult as it is to hear, you do just have to remind yourself that it, it isn't personal when people deal with a breakup that way. They're just trying to get through the best way that they know how. Um, and it doesn't feel good. It can feel like rejection and abandonment and all sorts of uncomfortable things that you would rather avoid. Um, but know that it, it is very common and, um, and it's not a reflection of how they felt about you or what the relationship meant to you or um, a reflection of your worth. None of those things. So 
I know as difficult as it is to get that advice, I would say just try to remind yourself, even if you just tell yourself and you don't necessarily believe it yet, just try to remind yourself that um, it's not a reflection of, of you and who you are. Totally. I mean, it's, it's very much a reflection of just their coping skills like that they have been brought up with. Some people have a bit, like an intense um, fear of confrontation or they just don't have the tools, the emotional tools to be able to confront this type of situation. And it also probably signals the level of guilt they feel. Um, so it could mean the opposite of what it feels like. It could mean that this is like, it's so hard for them that they can't talk to you about it. Regardless, I know it's like when you're on the receiving end of a breakup, it is a thousand times more painful just because it's unexpected. So just keep that in mind as well. I feel like I would say 80% of the pain you feel is the fact that it was a surprise and out of your control. And that's just the nature of just the way that we as, as animals are, um, experience random trauma or random pain. It's so much easier when you know something is coming. So if you were the one that was in control of this, you wouldn't be reeling as hard as you are now just based on the relationship itself. So know that the majority of the pain comes from the shock part of it. And that's just like, you know, there are so many experiments done on animals that prove this that I will not go into it, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it is true though. Um, I think the second part of this is, well, they say, how do you cope when the person won't sit with you in person or talk to you about what wasn't working? And I completely get that desire to know. I think it's natural. You want to analyze, you want to figure out what went wrong. What could I have done differently? How could I change things? I think a lot of times that question is about that why question is about trying to regain some sense of control, trying mm-hmm. to make sense of a situation that probably makes no sense to you right now. And, um, and so I think you just have to uh, work through those feelings of not knowing and, and trying to accept that you won't have all the answers um, and that it's okay and that you can still take steps to move forward. You can still take care of yourself. You will still start to feel better even if you don't have that last conversation or you don't get to ask them questions and hear what they, what they think. And one really helpful tool that can, that you can use when you're just really stuck in, in kind of that question, mindset is journaling. Just like get it out all out, get it out on paper, use the journal to process. Doesn't matter if your ex isn't there, you'll be doing useful work for yourself. Yeah. I always give people, I work with a like a decoder ring and that is to write down all of their actions. All of their actions are also a statement. So like you can very much discern what they're, what they were thinking or I would say a version of what they're thinking and what their um, words would have been just by translating what their actions show you. So like this person's actions show you they were not aligned 
in their external behavior and their internal world and their internal intentions. So that just tells you like they were not, they weren't ready for a relationship. Their actions also show you that they were not capable of being present with you and being honest with you. Um, and that shows like possibly a split, you know, maybe they were afraid, maybe they were not, they were convincing themselves they were at a certain place in their life and they weren't. So I would, I would encourage you to try just journaling on that, just writing down all of their actions and translating, like, what does that action show me about who they are? That's a great idea. Really good exercise. So, um, so sorry though. That sounds terrible. And, uh, we do have another question that's slightly unrelated. Should we throw this one in here too? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is um, also a, a very difficult situation. This one's related to quarantine. Um, this person's request, they said, I live with a roommate. Their roommate is not compatible with me or my lifestyle. She's not very considerate of space, cleanliness, or shared areas. She will stay up all night talking loudly, leaving messes out, etc. Um, I found myself teetering on trying not to nag, but I've been dealing with a lot of discomfort and they have assigned a year lease together. Um, so this person has been looking into moving, but that would be very inconvenient. So they would like advice on how to control anxiety and better deal with the situation as it stands. Ah. <laughs> very tough roommates are tough. I mean, living with people is tough. And I think there are a lot of people who, um, are in relationships or, uh, you know, in, with living with roommates in lockdown and in confinement, quarantine, whatever it is for you, who are struggling to cohabitate. Um, it's, you know, it's difficult for people to deal with the stress of a pandemic and the daily life uh, the rhythms of daily life, and then also work. Um, maybe you're doing some homeschooling. Like, I mean, there's so many factors at play. So I feel like this question is, um, can really be relevant to a lot of people. Um, I think the main advice I would have for living uh, with someone, especially during this time, is just to um, to really try to understand where they're coming from. And this advice was given by Esther Perel in a great New York Times article. We've written about it on our blog at MEND. Uh, but everyone deals with things differently. So everyone deals with pandemics differently. Everyone deals with dirty dishes differently. Everyone deals with laundry differently. Everyone is a different person. And that's a wonderful thing. It can be challenging when you put two people together, which it sounds like this is, where they're very different in terms of how they live. Um, so you have to try to see from another perspective that they're not trying to do this to ruin your life. Because um, I know it can feel that way with a roommate. Uh, and then you really do have to step up and be willing to have a mature, 
open conversation with someone, but make sure that it's well-timed, you know, make sure it's a good time for both of you. Um, make sure you're not catching them. Like, as they're about to run out the door or they've had a really difficult day at work or something? Um, don't like blindside them with like a list of demands that you like put on the fridge or something. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, schedule some time to have a conversation and make it a conversation. So ask questions, you know, think of it like a game of tennis. Don't do all the talking, you know, try to compromise. There has to be give and take, but those would be my suggestions for, um, for living well together in, in confinement. It's tough. It is. Yeah. I, I, there are a lot of articles about the spike in the divorce rate in China. Yeah. Quarantine. So you're not alone. I mean, it is definitely, it's definitely a difficult time, especially if you haven't chosen the person you're living with based on their personality. Um, but I totally echo what you said all about just like not taking it personally. It's definitely like, it's just the way they grew up and their habits. It's not at you, you know? Yeah. So I think that is such a key thing to remind yourself of, especially if you're getting upset. And then I also think it's just like, take the emotion as much as you can out of drawing your own boundaries. It's just, they just are, you know, you are allowed to say like what you need from a person that's sharing a space with you. Um, and as much as you can enforcing those boundaries and it doesn't have to be like a negative. It doesn't have to be an offensive, you know, you're not being mean. You're just saying like, I need um, you to respect our shared space. And that just is. And whether or not they abide that is a separate thing. Hopefully if she hears it, you know, in a way that's not like full of anger or as you said, like mistimed, they should be able to respect at least part of those boundaries. Um, but that's all you're going to really do. It's just like set up what you deserve and want from somebody else and then let the rest go. It's like, you're allowed to protect yourself. You're allowed to state your needs. And that's not like a, a mean thing. I don't, I'm, I might be reading into your, your message, but it seems like some part of you feels like a nag and it doesn't have to be a negative. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The nature of like sharing things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And on the, um, cause she mentions that, um, or I'm assuming it's, uh, who knows? I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. They mention that they're, uh, cleaning up after, their roommate and dealing with a lot of discomfort. And I would just say, don't go down that road. I've done that with roommates. Yeah. <laughs> just builds up resentment. Um, yeah, for sure. And just take the high road and just address it as uncomfortable as that can be. It will be much more comfortable when you can come home and you feel good about the bathroom being clean and the sink being empty and you know, all of these things, it will feel so much better. And you may have had to experience a slightly awkward conversation. Um, but then you'll, you'll get over that moment. And you'll, um, you'll just be so happy that you had a conversation. And if it doesn't go well, and you're finding that you're not living together, well, then you have your answer for your last question, which is like, you know, do I move? It's inconvenient. What do I do? 
and you know eventually you may have to move if things don't get better but um but a lot of times things get better when you can communicate effectively so good luck <laughs> yeah i feel for you um so we hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got something out of it. And uh, we send our love out to all of you who are really suffering right now. Um, and if you like this show, please hit subscribe. If you know someone that could benefit from it, please share it. Um, and L, <laughs> what do you think love is like? Um, just one last plug before oh, I get my love thing. Uh, we're on Spotify now, and I don't think that we've mentioned that in past episodes, um, but we are on Spotify, and we have been for a while, um, but you can listen to us there if that's where you prefer to listen to your podcasts. So I just wanted to give a, a shout out to Spotify. Um, what is love like? Love is like a Kindle Sometimes it has to be charged. <laughs> <laughs>